0: $25 each.
1: Visit Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy
0: now. That's Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
3: I bet you're smart.
1: Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes
4: you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The
0: Washington Post.
1: You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. From
2: UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt, our colleague Noel is on adventures. I, I don't see him. Do you see him? No, I don't see him.
2: They called me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. This is a very special listener mail edition, folks. If you are tuned into this show the day it comes out, then you, like hopefully us, are on the cusp of twenty twenty-one. And if you are listening on this the very last day of the year, uh we want to thank you so much for letting us be part of this final day with you. It's nuts. Matt, we've got Lister Mails, but I, I almost wanted to just have a cavalcade of things that happened this year that everybody forgot about or that got swept under the rug. What do you think? Oh, I don't god. know.
1: Oh god. Okay, yeah. Um so many things have happened in 2020, and a lot of it happened in the cover of a brain fog that we've all been experiencing because mm. of the year and all the things that have been happening. What do you think? What What's something that happened? Besides, you know, the, the first pandemic in a long, long time. Yeah,
2: or the first pandemic to affect so many people. Right. Global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, while we know that there were massive protests in the U.S., uh, some have led to lasting changes in legislation. Uh, we know that these protests happened, you know, amid the pandemic. Mm-hmm. If this were a painting, the pandemic is the uh, the background, right? The sky and the field upon which these other stor- news stories take place. Uh, we also, as a species, made some amazing advancements in space. We have successfully launched man-made craft add asteroids bit off a little piece of those asteroids and somehow got it back so think about that next time your uh, your package is five days late
1: <laughs> <laughs> i just I'm, I'm thinking about kim jong-un going missing mm-hmm. and then maybe being back but then maybe being missing again oh, oh, man. that's been a weird saga
2: We've known each other a while, Matt. It's, it's been tough for me not to, acci- like, not to accidentally slip into North Korean updates every time we do strange news. Uh, but I hope I'm doing an okay job with it. Uh, we have one of the most contentious elections yep. in U.S. history. We have seen, um, you know, I think it is not hyperbolic to say that we have seen the best and the worst of humanity in this year. This is an anthology that somehow became something between chicken soup for the teenage soul and uh, Lovecraftian horror.
1: Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Best of times, worst of times. Well, yeah, not the best of times, though. No, it's, it mostly, the the it's, it's mostly, mostly the worst. It's mostly the worst. There were some uh, good times.
1: Fires across the globe, a lot of them in Australia and California. Uh, murder hornets were hanging out for oh, a minute right. there. Um yeah, this this whole thing has just been ugh, it's been <laughs> insane. Um, I cannot wait for 2021 when assuredly even worse things will will start to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know i i, I don't want to be that person in conversation when people talk about looking forward to 2021. But the most frightening thing about this is that it is possible that sometime mid 2021. We may all collectively look back on 2020 and deem it not that bad, right that's That's the spooky thing. I don't know if it's necessarily productive uh, thinking, because we do have to be prepared for this sort of stuff. Uh, we do hope that this message finds you aware, but we hope it also finds you, if not inspired, determined, right? Uh, we've all been through a lot together. uh We're immensely thankful for every single person who has written to us. We've we've received amazing stories. And out of the interest of people's privacy, we don't always read them online. We do try to respond uh, when, when we can, when it's helpful. But your fellow listeners have been through a lot this year. And for everyone who says that this show helped them in one way, infinitesimal or not, uh, we think it's really important that you know they're talking about you too when they say this. They're not just talking about Matt and Noel and Doc and Mission Control and myself. They're talking about you in a very real way. Uh, so that's an unnecessary TED Talk, isn't it, Matt?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're we're immensely thankful for everyone who's hearing this right now because we couldn't continue to make this show if you weren't there listening, doing whatever you're doing. And honestly, we thank you. That's what Ben means when he says they're talking about you as well, because if not for you, then we this does not exist. Um, mm-hmm. So absolutely right. And the person who sent in a voicemail that we're going to be playing today, they sent two voicemails. One of them, uh, we're not going to play. The other one, we will. And the one you're not going to hear, they mentioned that this person sent it on November 29th, 2020, and I just heard it today because I'm so behind. And it's funny that this person even mentioned the date because it is weird to time travel in a way when going through all of these as we continue to try and do so. There's so many of them, and so many of you have important things to say. We very much appreciate everything you're, you're saying.
2: Yeah, just want to be very clear that entire first uh, first segment thanking you, specifically you, was for Kim Jong-un, who is like a super fan. The guy is dialed in every day.
1: Uh, but, thanks. thanks, Kim.
2: Thanks, Kim. But he did not send us an amazing voicemail. Well, we don't know. We don't think he sent us uh, a voicemail as amazing as this
1: gentleman here. And here's the message.
3: The fog rolls in. Subject matter vaccines. Just got done listening to that episode. See if I can do this quicker. Long, long ago, in the before time, a young Viking of 17 years old joined a branch of the military to seek Valhalla, as it were. In doing so, going to boot camp, run the medical gauntlet, right? They don't tell you what's in the bloody shots. They just tell you, take it. Move on with your day. So... The young Viking does and experienced that mild seizure you mentioned uh, high body temp, you sweating, dizziness. You didn't had to crawl out of there. There was no other way. But 20 minutes, some juice, a random cupcake, odd thing to find in boot camp, but there it is. Fine. Fast track another three months. Young Viking is dropped from his training regiment because of pneumonia. In recovering from pneumonia and the and taking the rounds and rounds of antibiotics, um, the young Viking developed something far worse, something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. I don't know if you gentlemen know much of it. It's intense. Most of the cases I've learned are strike people in the military, which is interesting. What have they given us? Anyway, this young Viking had to go through a long two-year recovery program to, well, get back on his feet. At the height of the problem, the uh, the young man lost the strength to even hold the toothbrush. There you go from roaring 17, ready to go into Valhalla, to I can't hold the toothbrush. That's a, that's a mind-numbing trip. Now, we're running out of time. Uh, the facts, you know, to stop the problem, um, they use immunoglobulin, which is a blood agent, it's supposed to stop it. But in doing so, they tell you, you can no longer have any vaccinations of any kind. For it may start the process over again. We don't know exactly what starts it. At least that's what they're telling me they don't know. And the vaccine, which, you know, right now, that's a scary thought process because mandatory vaccines might be on the horizon. What does that mean for an autistic gentleman like myself? I can't take it. I'm not doing Guillain barre again. You can't make me. Running out of time. We'll be back.
1: And that's the message from uh, the person we're going to be calling the Viking. Um, wow. So powerful, scary story that that he has to share about, you know, getting a vaccine as part of a regimen for joining a part of the United States military. And, you know, this is a very common thing. When when you sign up, this is part of the deal. You get vaccinated Be especially depending on where you're going to be deployed or where you may be deployed, as well as for other internal reasons for the military, then there seem to be some side effects. And it would seem that the side effects had to do with the vaccine and not for some, you know, not some other thing. The pneumonia you described, the the um, Mm Guillain-Barre, that's, I mean, that's pretty terrifying to think that it could have come from that vaccine. I can't prove that, but you know what you went through. Listener, So, man, that's that's really scary. And then imagining that there is or there could be a mandatory vaccination coming through. I'm hoping that there would be, you know, and again, it's not mandatory right now. Right. There's been no. Correct. There's there's been no legislation put forth or executive order put forth that would say every person on the planet has to get a COVID-19 vaccination. But the feeling is maybe that it would be that way or could be that way. Mm-hmm. And I understand that feeling because, you know, it's scary times right now. Mm-hmm. And it does feel as though we might all or at least as many of us as possible may need to get this vaccination. And I know that there's a lot of trepidation out there already just at the idea of getting a vaccination in general. So I I, I don't know. I, I just this spoke to me. This message spoke to me. So thank you. Uh, Viking for sending this in and letting us know about it and making and posing this question to us to think about the possibilities in our near future.
2: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I second everything you said here, Matt. Thank you uh, very much, Viking. Uh, And also great voice. Mm -hmm. Good storyteller. Uh, This requires us to level set and introduce everybody to a few concepts if you are unfamiliar, uh, things that Viking references in this tale. So Guillain-Barre syndrome, also known as GBS, is a rare disorder. It's a neurological disorder uh, in which your immune system starts to attack parts of your what's called your peripheral nervous system,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. It essentially eats away at the sheathing around your nerves. That's one of the main things that it does. It exposes your nerves within your body. Your body does this to itself. Um, and it is a weird thing because there's, there are so few people who come down with this syndrome. So few people that get it. And especially as a side effect to a vaccination because it is one thing that has been observed uh, there seems to be a correlation, but it's we're talking uh, single digits out of a million mm. uh, people who get affected by this syndrome due to a vaccination. It's awful, it's rare, and it is terrible to go through. Yeah, it's a
2: terrifying lottery. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's the thing about rare disorders or conditions. At some point, if you are affected by these, or if you know someone, at some point you have to ask yourself why out of millions of people, me. And Matt, as you pointed out, in rare cases, it does appear that there is uh, a correlation between vaccinations and the risk of uh, contracting this very rare condition. But there are other things that have been observed creating this. Uh, Occasionally, surgery will Mm -hmm. result in this sort of uh, the immune system turning on these nerve groups. Uh, peripheral nerve systems, by the way, just think of anything that's not your brain or your spinal cord. Uh, and this is no this is no laughing matter. It makes sense that immunoglobulin is used to treat it, but it's uh, I'm curious about the correlation with the military and this syndrome because you'll see studies that contradict each other. On this, right, on the link between vaccination and GBS. Sometimes you'll see people arguing there's no GBS vaccination relationship or arguing that it is, uh, what's the phrase, statistically negligible. Yes. So, like, it's, it's so small that the margin of error might explain it. But then I think we've both seen the same stuff where it does, to a degree, seem to, in rare cases, contribute to this. So. I'm with you, Viking. If I had lived through this condition and my doctors told me that I would not be able to receive, say, a covid nineteen vaccination because it would trigger this condition again or even that, could or even could, then I wouldn't want to run the risk. And I think like I, I think that has to be a protected group, right, for a mandated vaccine. Like, you shouldn't be mandated to take a treatment in that case. I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be some sort of law or exception about that, right?
1: I would certainly assume so. I mean, come on. I, I, let's, let's get into, you know, I was speaking very generally about the rate of cases of GBS. Let's mm-hmm. go to the CDC really quickly. Uh, about um, somewhere between 80 and 160 cases of GBS occur every week. That's, the, that's according to the CDC's website, cdc.gov, and this is outside of any vaccination. That is just GBS arises 80 to 160 times newly in people every week, and what they are saying is that when the flu vaccination comes around, becomes flu season, and people are being vaccinated, they are saying that around one to two additional cases are added to that per one million doses of flu vaccine. That's where Ben is saying statistically, um, if that's true, if those numbers bear out. Just wanted to put that out there. That is, God, man, it says there are an estimated 3,000 to 6,000 people who develop GBS every year. And then you think about, you know, the millions of people who live in this country, It it is a very, very rare thing.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's something being rare is not in any way the same thing as something not existing. So this oh, is still sure. incredibly dangerous. And I, I was thinking about this based on some of our earlier conversations, Matt. Remember how we talked a little bit about where the fear or concern for vaccination comes from? You know, like a distrust of institutions that have done horrible or unethical things in the past. If we look at the military, we find, we find some records of massive forced vaccinations. Well, one of the most prominent I could find was the rush to give every U.S. military member a yellow fever vaccine and unlicensed for civilian use Vaccine, by the way, uh, in 1942. This was along with uh, forced typhoid, smallpox, and tetanus vaccines. The yellow fever vaccine contains human serum. And according to some reports I saw, some of these lots were contaminated with the hepatitis B virus. Ooh. So this is... Um, it's still not yellow fever, but this is incredibly dangerous. And the military you know, there are these questions of informed consent coming up because you can't disobey orders. If it is your order to take a vaccination, then it seems like you there's not a way to plead out of it. You can't say you have a religion that it's against or you have a phobia of needles or something. But I, I can understand why people would be what was it, the stage two testing or stage two trials of the current vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer, were, I mean, they were rush jobs. They had to be oh, yeah. to save people's lives. So it is fair if we logically ask whether we are in the same or a similar boat as uh, service members were in 42. But to your point, Viking, I don't think it makes you a anti-vaxxer or whatever thought-terminating cliché people are using these days. I think your medical history, your mind, your body, they're as unique as your fingerprints. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong or unethical about following a doctor's advice. Very true. Very true. I, I don't know. It's easy to say that if you're not personally affected, though, right?
1: Well, yeah, and you also, I mean, imagine... What if there are restrictions on any individual that hasn't been vaccinated against the coronavirus or this, or some specific strain or, you know, the update for 2021 or whenever, whatever occurs down the road if Viking can't be vaccinated for something because he's at risk of developing Guillaume barre again, um, but then there are restrictions on him because he can't go and visit family members or he can't go out in public? It's catastrophizing a little bit on my end, but – it does feel as though we're in this weird new world where things like that are not only possible, they're inevitable. It doesn't mean they are, but it feels that way. Gosh, I don't want to leave on a down note for you, Viking, but we, we need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll hear from another listener and, you know, we might even discuss this further, but rest assured we will be back shortly.
4: So visit Snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're gonna learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.
1: Terminix it.
2: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today.
1: That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
2: And we have returned. Uh, But we have not returned alone. No, it's not just Codename Doc, Matt, and myself. We're bringing along with us uh, the one and only Andrew L. Uh, Andrew says... Hello, conspiracy friends. First and foremost, I love all the stuff podcast. It's much like Johnny Five, reading all the books. More (laughs) input. So (laughs) thank you for filling my ears and brain with intelligent and well-researched material. Ah, shucks. You know, Matt, just whenever we get a letter that starts off this way, I wonder if they're buttering us up for something.
1: You know what Uh, I mean? Most assuredly, Andrew. We see you. We see what you're doing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's see where this rabbit hole goes. Andrew says, I'm writing today as a response to the microwave weapons listener mail and how we could possibly be surrounded by these devices, even if it's not the intention right now. I even exposed myself to this while hiking the Appalachian Trail around five years ago. If you're not aware, says Andrew, many railroads and other industrial communications use microwave point-to-point comms. In simple terms, they're using communication devices with a point-to-point relay system, with microwaves being the data-carrying medium. Much like cellular uses 4G, LTE, 5G digital frequency ranges, and of course 2.4 gigahertz, 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi signals we're familiar with by now. So... They have these tight spotlight beams that send or receive communication. Normally, they're attached to radio towers or high cliff areas where there's no interference with the ground or trees. They're also used to communicate between Earth and satellites in space. Here's where he starts bringing this together. He's saying, I'm guessing companies that make and use these devices aren't considering them as weapons to point at people, but they could cause the same issues as weaponized microwave Devices And, you know, Matt, I don't know if you're up for it, but uh, do, do you want to give us a dramatic reading of Andrew's, Andrew's personal experience there in the Appalachians?
1: Andrew says, to my self-exposure, that sounds weird. As I was enjoying a hike through the Appalachian Mountains on the world-famous trail, I found a wonderful cliff spot to sit and have lunch, overlooking a vast forest, watching a couple of eagles fly around searching for their own meal, I started to feel very odd and hot. While I did notice the giant microwave dish pointed directly at me with many warning signs posted, I didn't quite understand the technology like I do today. While I've spent a majority of my life as an audio engineer, microwave frequencies weren't quite in my mind until I spent a little too much time on the cliffside. By now, I'm sure you and my fellow listeners are rolling your eyes and screaming, You moron! (laughs) I don't think we are, Andrew, but uh, let's continue. After my lunch, I felt really sick. I was only there for 10 to 15 minutes, and I had one of the worst headaches I've ever experienced. And I used to suffer from terrible sinus issues. My body ached more than usual, and it took the rest of the day to start feeling normal again. While hiking the trail, it's quite common to be sick and exhausted because you're lucky to take in half the calories you're spending while adventuring on to the next camping spot. As far as I can tell, there hasn't been any long-term effects from this exposure, but I haven't sought testing of this either. I just thought this was an interesting idea and a little story from my personal experiences.
2: Mm-hmm. And... Andrew goes on to say, "...while I don't agree with much of the 5G conspiracies or other frequency-type weapons, I do understand that we are constantly surrounded and bombarded by different energies and frequencies. Light frequencies we can see, sound frequencies we can hear and sometimes feel. Who knows where our evolution will go with our world completely surrounded by energy of all frequencies?" After all, vibes are frequencies we feel from the world around us. When will that just be a trick to our brains if it isn't already? Then, and Andrew, you go on to say I'll have to send in another with my ideas of Amazon starting their own currency, much like in Mr. Robot. So thank you so much. There are a couple of points here uh, that that this sent me on a, a bit of a rabbit hole for uh, First, this letter is odd because earlier, completely unrelated, I was writing a dystopian sci-fi story uh, about, let's not get sued, about a company very much like Amazon with a ruler very much like Jeff. And uh, we just call him Jeff on the show. And one of the big plot points in this this story was starting one's own currency uh, because much like coal companies – Made famous in that song 16 Tons, corporations benefit by creating script and paying in script. You know, Uh, it's it's not as crazy, nor is it as distant a possibility as it may seem. Uh, I mean, companies like the United
1: States of America did it.
2: Hey, there we go. (laughs) Somebody's been listening to our classic episodes. (laughs) What was that? What was that line from um, Is Taxation Legal? When people or tax activists would go to court and say, I take that at value or something oh, like that. Do you remember yeah.
1: that? Oh, it's in there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I'd have to go <laughs> back and, and jumpstart all that stuff. That That is a cavernous thing, the mm-hmm. tax activists uh, and, and just the things that they're able to argue in court. Um, you know, that, that's what court's for, you know? Um, yeah, but for me, I'm just, okay, okay. <laughs>
2: There's another piece here, uh, which is this. How much radiation or how many energy waves of one sort or another are you exposed to every day? Let's assume that you're not going through an X-ray system of some sort. Let's assume that you're not uh, like me and my ill-fated friends trying to build microwave weapons in junkyard tractor trailers you're not eating a bunch of bananas, which also have radiation. Uh, what's, what's the average dose? Uh, we've got an answer. According to the National Council on Radiation Protection and Measurements, the average annual radiation dose per person in the U.S. is 6.2 millirem. And you can see a pretty good breakdown on EPA.gov of where all this stuff where all this stuff comes from, I know it's not quite the same as being inundated with some other type of energy, but I think it's important to know. I think you raise a good point, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Invisible things move about and through us. It's just scientifically, uh, it's a fact. Also, I am going to pretend that when you said vibes, you were referring to the Jeff Goldblum, Cindy Lauper film, mm-hmm. Vibes which is uh, just tremendous. Matt, have I mentioned vibes to you before?
1: Uh, yeah, we we had a conversation about vibes. Do you vibes. want me to stop
2: mentioning vibes? Is this the... Okay, we'll leave well, it at it's too late now.
1: It's too late. i now, now people are going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh,
2: be that agent of chaos. Um, but Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about this because yeah. we've talked about this in the past before. What's your take on concerns about... Radiation uh and what we're exposed to our day to day lives, so I remember specifically our earlier listener mail conversation uh regarding where one should store their phone right Put oh it in yeah, pants that, pocket, you sleep with it by your head, et cetera
1: yeah, I mean that that was a whole conversation about it not being smart to be in your pocket, especially if you're worried about viability to procreate at some point um no matter what your you know working with down there, your organs, your soft tissue organs are not uh, they're <laughs> It's not good to irradiate them a lot with your, your cellular devices, which they do put out radiation. And uh, just so you know, uh, that is a thing that is a known thing. Uh, whether or not it's enough to truly harm you is right now a bit up in the air, but I would recommend against it. We had several, we had several people write in about this one caller, you remember, he for his job, he climbs mm. up cell and radio towers. Yep. And he told us that story about being exposed to 5G and 4G and all these other different things, like very close to the actual dishes where the energy is being sent out. And he said the only time that he ever felt truly sick was by an FM radio signal, and the frequencies mm-hmm. coming out of an FM signal. Um, that isn't to say that... Andrew didn't experience something real. There were warning signs around the the dish that he was near. He experienced something real. I just, I don't know how often that happens and how dangerous it could be for just a passerby or someone in a city. We talked about the the rumors surrounding 5G technology and some of the scientific papers that were looking mm-hmm. at possibilities behind the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as of right now, I'm a little weirded out by it because mostly it has to do with frequency ranges. When you're talking, when you're speaking about 5g, that that's something that we broke down in a, in a different episode. It's just the, the megahertz at which the signals are being sent, the frequencies at which they're being sent in red. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And it's also, yeah, it's a matter of degree. It's also a matter of proximity, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about are RF radio frequency intensities. It is true that exposure to high RF intensity can result in physiological changes. It can result in the heating of biological tissue, an increase in body temperature. Exposure to high RF levels can cause tissue damage in humans because your body can not physically cope with or dissipate all the excessive heat that can be generated. You know what I mean? It's like It's like a computer that has a couple of heat sinks. It doesn't grow more when it gets hot. There you go. Yeah, that makes complete sense. So, Andrew, we're going to pause for a moment for a word from our sponsors, but stay tuned because we're returning and we're not leaving your letter behind
0: just yet. We have one more thing that we think might surprise you. Vibes, go
1: and watch it today. Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May 14th. Get twenty five dollar tickets to over five thousand summer shows.
2: That's up to seventy five percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty
0: One Savage,
1: Alanis Morissette, Cage the
0: Elephant, Celeste Barber,
1: Dirks Bentley,
0: Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum Forty One, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just twenty.
4: So visit snagajob.com or text SNAG to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The
1: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. Terminix it.
2: Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment
1: online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today.
2: And we're back. As always, shout out to everyone who paused this podcast for, uh, wait, how long is Vibes?
1: (laughs) Screening of Vibes.
2: (laughs) For For a screening of the 1988 Critics, darling, vibes. Uh, wow, I can't believe we, we have just kept this one going. I'm sorry. I know I beat the horse dead. I dug it up, and now we're riding it into the sunset, and that <laughs> dead horse is vibes. Uh, here's the thing, Andrew. So when you said vibes, you were describing what is often called intuition, a gut feeling a hunch, a spider sense. This is something that most of us experience to one degree or another at some point in our lives. Like, Matt, do you ever have intuitive moments?
1: All the time. Mm -hmm. My life is one long intuitive moment that fluctuates and morphs. That's awesome. So, like, your superpower is continual deja vu? (laughs) All all just, it never, like, right now, it's from Uh, a few moments ago, last time you said that. Like you said, the whole thing, uh... No, Ben. I I I, yeah. I don't ever get vibes.
2: You know, you've never had a you've never had a feeling where you think I should not go. You know here immediately or
1: um an
2: impulse that you can't quite explain.
1: Generally, it doesn't have to do with a place or an action. I think it has more to do with a person, an individual, like meeting someone for the first time or in conversation with someone, that's when my Spidey sense vibes thing goes off in a positive or negative way.
2: Mm. Okay. Now I'll, I'll play this game. I'll quit pro quo. I will do a quid pro quo Clarice kind of thing. Um, Okay. Okay. So I have to ask, okay, do you recall your, your vibes or your Spidey sense when you met me, where you met Noel Brown? Or when you met Codename Doc, because I think you two knew each other longer than you and I have, right?
1: I believe so. Yeah. No, definitely. Yes. Alexis and I have known each other. I couldn't tell you the year, but I do know it's closely associated with my like video production life mm-hmm. that uh, used to be that Alexis is still very strong in. Um, she's a master of her craft, award winning. Um, Aww. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, but that that's generally how we met. And there's yeah, very much positive vibes around around all of that. What what was uh did we work on something? yeah, Did we work on something like in the college years?
4: No, I think that the first thing that were you on that portal yes. music video with Annie? That's it. Yeah, that's where that was the first time I met you. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, we made I'm sorry, this is Insider Baseball. This ben is great. And everybody great. else. We <laughs> made a music video around uh, the video game Portal because there was a song from the National that they, there was a competition to make a music video for it. And we made Ooh. one. And Alexis, were you behind the camera?
4: I don't think that I actually operated camera on that. I was just sort of there. Okay. Giving positive vibes. <laughs> there we <laughs> See go. What I did there. Well. <laughs>
1: It was a good experience, mm-hmm. uh, and then there were many... We lived on a... Well, I lived in a commune, and Alexis was a frequent guest <laughs> at the
2: commune. Right, <laughs> right. So, and Annie Reese, a uh, friend of the show, uh, is was also in that video, right? hmm
1: Yeah. Well, and then sure. the first... Yeah, the, the first time I met you, Ben, um, the vibes were definitely like... Extra solar, I would say. In a like, oh, we've met before. We oh. it, it was it was a weird thing.
2: How flattering! Yes, yeah, the cloud atlas moment, I call it. Uh, well, For likewise. sure, I'm not funny. joking
1: either. I'm not being. It was weird.
2: Uh, I'm curious. Was were we all coworkers when the portal video happened? Yes. Okay. Okay. God. Wow. Memory is a funny thing. But the reason we're ask, I'm asking this uh, we are going to bring it back to your letter, Andrew, is because people skeptics and true believers and you know people who consider themselves intensely spiritual or intensely religious, all encounter something. we call intuition. All encounter something we call a vibe or a hunch. Uh, we just explain it through different cultural perspectives. So if we're very, very skeptical people, it may be something like intuition is an aggregate of subtle signals that we pick up unconsciously through our existing senses. But then other people might say it is a small, still voice inside of me, which should be familiar to many um, many adherents of Western religion. This is so common. This is so ubiquitous throughout the human experience that Uncle Sam stepped in not too long ago and poured millions of dollars into research on intuition and uh, I would say short-term premonition into vibes. And this program, which you may have heard of, Started in 2014 under the Office of Naval Research, it lasted for four years officially. In this leg, uh, it was 3.85 million dollars, and they specifically wanted to give sailors and marines a spidey sense, a sixth sense. They were taking this seriously, and they they found some interesting. Mm, I mean, hashtag no Bruce Willis, but they found some interesting stuff. Yeah,
1: well, they they really did, and they didn't. Um, they didn't call it extrasensory perception or well, what was the other thing? Um, Pete, what is PK? Uh, psychokinesis. Psychic, Yeah. Psychokinesis. They didn't call it that. So they called it sense making. And what is the actual thing? Perceptual training systems. Ooh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Really interesting.
1: And this is very real. Here is a, a bit of a quote. This is about what is being taught to active duty Marines ready? Some active-duty Marines. They're being taught to preempt snipers, IED emplacers, and other irregular assaults using advanced perceptual competences that have not been well studied.
2: Oh my gosh. The Twilight Zone music, the Strangers Things theme. Oh man. This is so so amazing.
1: Wow. I just want to know more about what it actually is. Is it Like testing somebody and like taking them down a trail or something where there is, you know, a dummy IED somewhere and it's just trying like doing it over and over and over until you can begin to sense where it is. Is it watching for small irregularities or like, man, Because you got to think either it is fully an extrasensory perception that is being taught there, or it's a high level of micro changes or micro differences in things that is being taught to be noticed. Right? That's what I'm imagining. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a, I guess maybe the most extreme way to describe this would be weaponized intuition, Mm -hmm. which again, everybody at some point in their life seems to have some experience like this. The way the Navy defines it, I think is a good place for us to crack in here because sense-making is defined as, quote, a motivated, continuous effort to understand connections, uh, whether among people, places, or events, in order to anticipate their trajectories and act effectively. So that's, you know, the notoriously sexy language of the U.S. federal government, uh, but it's, it's also... I think, level setting. It makes it sound a little less sci-fi or supernatural uh, because they're really, it's as if they're connecting the dots. But I think the more interesting question is the one you just asked, which is, what are they actually learning? This is real fringe military research, and it did result in a training manual, a 23-page manual on sense making, and it breaks it down into two distinct skills: perspective taking, and then characterizing. You may recognize them by their street names: empathy and imagination, respectively. This—I I don't know. At first, it feels like it's a little, a little softball. It's a little difficult to see how helpful this can be can you train a spider sense can you train people to pick up and act upon vibes in a successful way
1: Uh, I don't know I don't know Ben but I want to be a part of a a trial I'm not an active duty Marine I probably will never be one I don't have what it takes Uh, Mm -hmm. shout out to anyone who does Um, I want to try it though so give us give us a call I think Ben would totally be down I bet. Nolan, mm. Alexis, and Paul—we'd all be down. So give us a call if we're allowed to, uh, to try it out.
2: Yeah, Paul. Paul is probably the toughest of us to get on board. I think a Applebee's gift card would serve you well as a stipend. But this—this this is the thing. Like, uh, without spending too much time on this, I'm—I'm I'm just fascinated by it. Maybe it's an episode in the future. I don't know. Uh, their rough conclusion was that uh, that there's something there and it's something trainable, and it's something that, you know, like math or literature, uh, some people seem to have a natural knack for. They said it's some low level of it is common in most people, and uh, it's extraordinary in a rare, like a very small percentage of the population, at least that they studied, who are all military members, by the way, so that skews it too. Uh, But the reason they're doing this or the reason they found this research worthwhile, was that this sort of heuristic approach in a life or death, whatever would they call it, fluid situation, where things are happening very quickly and those quick decisions will have lasting consequences, mm-hmm. this kind of intuitive reaction or this intuitive mental stance can save lives in contrast to the slower, more deliberate Checklist process that could be too slow in the field of battle. I also want to say, bringing it back around to our earlier episode this week, Doc Matt, you'll love this. Imagine how good this would make you at gaming. I mean, uh, I think I think there are a lot of gamers who have probably already sharpened their intuition
1: in a significant way. Yeah, you can't improve these skills, baby. <laughs> right? Yeah, just joking. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, that would be incredible. And and speaking of that, like almost a gamification, did you see in this article from time, the concept of power dreaming? Yes. In in the bottom of this article, they talk about what they're uh, a program that is meant to. I believe it's to help issues with PTSD related dreams and nightmares. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's this incredible thing happening at uh, what is it? It's a naval hospital in Bremerton uh, in Washington state. They're they're doing this research program or they're conducting research program called power dreaming. And this is what the process goes like. Okay. Let's say a soldier is is aware that they've just awoken from a nightmare. They get out of bed. They go to this computer. That's probably in the room with them. They put on some kind of virtual reality device. Uh, There's a heart rate variability biofeedback device on their forearm Uh, And then what is it? There's there's another biofeedback device. They open book of dreams and they enter second life. Is everyone aware of second life? God, how would you describe that? It's a virtual reality simulation, like social media game kind of. Mm. I don't know. It's very interesting concept it has been around for a long time, but then they they're using that as a way to change using the biofeedback. They're able mm-hmm. to change what the dreams will be like. It's almost like uh, fixing a loop in some way. Right.
2: Yeah, there's there's a little bit of lucid dreaming in there, uh, but the method they use called re-dreaming allows, like in our earlier two-part episode on dreams, right, we looked into the idea of the dream as your own holodeck, right? Mm. A place where your mind can... Experiment with scenarios or situations that would ordinarily be dangerous experiments, right? In the real world or in the waking wild. Oh my God, that's such a pretentious phrase, but I'm, hey, let's keep it. No, no, we're going to keep it. In the waking wild. What a year. Uh, so, this stuff, this redreaming, changes the way that people's brains process information. You are retraining. Your brain the same way that you would train yourself, um, maybe through certain therapeutic techniques, or maybe when you're learning a new musical instrument or a new language. And this is coupled with, you know, of course, waking world therapy. Uh, it would probably candidly be more effective if it were coupled with uh, some hallucinogens or psychoactive substances. The science is there on that. And that's not a controversial claim. But this overall, one of the most important parts of this is that follow the money and you'll, you'll often find that an idea is maybe not as crazy as it sounds at first glance. I love the idea of being able to teach intuition. And I agree with you, Matt. I think it'd be, behoove us all to take intuition classes uh, just because that emphasis on imagination and empathy may make you a better person. Like, empathy is the reason our species is still around. It's not competition. Uh, empathy is up there with reproduction. In a way, you're reproducing yeah. someone's mind in your own mind.
1: Those the three concepts you just threw out there, competition, empathy, and reproduction. Wow, Ben, I think this might be where we end it.
2: Yeah, I think we're at the edge of the deep water here, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm also getting a spidey sense that we call it a day before name Doc Holiday kills us because we want to make it to 2021. Uh, we can't wait to meet you there. Thank you, Viking. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everyone who has tuned in, whether or not you are Kim Jong-un. Uh, we, as always, greatly appreciate your time, and we cannot wait to hear from you. Do you have experiences with intuition? Have you tried on your own to sharpen? said intuition. Do you think it's all a bunch of hogwash and we're just subliminally picking up body language cues or slight changes in barometric pressure, etc.? There's no right, there's no wrong answer. We want to hear from you. You can find us on the internet. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter. We've got uh, Instagram. Uh, we're still working on a, on a Pinterest, right? Where are we at with the Pinterest, guys?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about the Pinterest. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know we'll, we'll look into that I guess further I seem to remember something about nightmares second life pinterest I can't I can't put it together right now but we'll figure it out later um and outside of you know our soon to be pinterest uh we recommend you head on over to here's where it gets crazy the Facebook group that we've got going for listeners for this whole community check it out you will be able to have discussions post stuff that you want all you have to do to get in is name somebody who hosts the show or makes this show just one or two or three or however many bonus points if you get all five plus seth plus alex uh yeah if you get all of the producers who've ever been involved yeah maya man
2: or just make us laugh just give us a you do that Give us a good point. You do that too.
1: You know what I mean? You do that too. Um, if you don't want to do that stuff, if you're like, man, uh, I still want to get in contact, but I don't want to use any of those means. Why don't you give us a call? Our number is one 833 Ben almost said it with me. and uh, Maybe you did too. Uh, <laughs> it's hard not to. <laughs> um, you don't have to say it once you call. Once you call, just leave the message. Um, But you've got three minutes. Please let us know if we can use your message on the air in one of these listener mail episodes. If not, uh, you know, you can still talk to us and we'll still listen. We just won't play it. That's fine.
4: And after you hang up the phone, if you want to start your new year off right, feel free to leave an Apple review.
1: Yeah.
2: Leave us a review. Uh, Every time you do, we get a picture of our boss reaching over to his personal doomsday clock, and pushing that minute hand back one.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That is right.
2: And if none of that quite tingles your spidey sense and you have a story that you want to share, uh, whether in confidence or whether you want it on the air, we want to hear from you. Don't worry about the social media. Don't worry about the reviews or the phone number. You can always send us a good old-fashioned email
1: where we are. Onders at thisisimportantpodcast.com. Oh, uh, sorry, I meant conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio.